0: We're on, we're on, yeah, we're on live <laughs> Here we go, we,
1: we are actually live now We've had a little technical glitch at this end uh, There's something uh, clearly wrong with the internet But uh, please, uh, b- welcome to the show It is uh, Newcastle's uh, finest podcast, NUFC Matters And it's the one that everybody enjoys on a Thursday night Me, Supermac and Gibbo As always, plenty to talk about And uh, John, let's start with uh, last night's game yeah, um, Newcastle United versus Crystal Palace, the Carabao Cup We anticipated changes in the team There were changes in the team uh, What did you make of the changes, first of all? What did you make of the uh, the performance and the result?
0: Well, the performance wasn't good was far from good um, The passing accuracy, I thought, was horrendously poor all over the pitch And with hindsight, my feeling was that the guys that come into the team that hadn't played for a while, like Shelby, like Maxi, like Target, I guess, LaSalle certainly, they were rusty. It, it showed the, the our flowing game, our high-pressing game, our one-touch football that had been part of our side was missing last night. Um, and for me, it just emphasised something that I felt we already knew, which is that the team is fine. When it's the first 11, everybody fit, the team is fine. The squad isn't. The squad is still a work in progress. And I think that's understandable. We've only been gone for a year, guys, in the current situation. And I noticed Arsenal lost at home last night to Brighton and Arteta come out afterwards and said, our squad's not deep enough. We must do something in January. Now, this is the team that's top of the league. And this is, they've been going longer than us in building their squad and their team together than us. And they say it's not right. As Malcolm, who was sitting with me last night, said, the only team in the Premier League where you don't see the joins is Manchester City. Whatever team they put out, they play the same and they play fluently. Our squad isn't deep enough for that and I think last night showed that, because you, t- for example, last night, you take uh, Wilson and Al- Almiron out of that side, and where the goal's going to come from, mm-hmm. and, and that showed last night, for me, Malcolm, that showed last night, uh, mm-hmm. you, without those two in, you're looking, and it's not just the goals they contribute, but it. It's what Wilson makes by his running, by him pulling, dragging defenders round. Almirian coming in on the end of it, having linked with Trippier. Uh, That link wasn't there last night because neither started. So it showed. But as far as I'm concerned, Newcastle revert to the tried and the trusted uh, against Chelsea on Saturday. And normal service can be resumed. Last night was a one-off. Luckily we got through Thanks to Nick Pope And by Jove, we needed to get through Because a lot of good sides have gone out A lot of Premier League sides have gone out Which opens up the competition Now if we can get through Tonight Without drawing Manchester City And please God You wouldn't do that to uh, us Joris would you If we don't draw Manchester City uh, Then you know We can go an awful long way in this And maybe even win it Because no doubt, the closer we get, the stronger the sides we will put out. Malcolm, and, your and of course, we'll have Isaac, Isaac back and maybe some January signings.
1: Mark, yes. what's your
2: take? Yeah, and I don't think maybe there will be signings. Um, I, two things for me last night was the relief that uh, the, the penalties brought when we got through. Uh, because there was, I couldn't see us scoring during the ninety minutes at all, as John has just said. Um, that there was no firepower whatsoever, um, uh, uh, and so it, it relied upon Crystal Palace not scoring as well to, to uh, get into the penalties situation, which worked out very well. The other very important thing, I think, for everybody to remember well at this um, particular stage in the development of Newcastle um, under PIF. Um, And that is that we are nowhere near being ready for Champions League football. So let's get that out of our minds. You know, that... um, the reason why I made that comment to John last night about about Manchester City is that they can put out two teams, two quite separate teams. You will not be able to see the difference from one to the other, except the names on the team sheet, the way they play, the way they go about the game, the way they take it to the opposition. Um, and we're nowhere near anything like that, that we haven't got um, team two at all that can go and compete at any reasonable level. Um, and so uh, there is an awful lot of business still to be done. and there are players that I saw last night who prove themselves just not to be good enough For what Newcastle are doing And where they want to go And the best thing to do is move them on Move them on because if they're not good enough Technically they're dead wood And so make the space um, for the uh, January window For new players coming in
0: One one Mm. of the things I was pleased about guys is we, we knew there would be team changes because all indications coming out of in-house was that there would be team changes. And one of the ones, and this was before we got to the end of the 90 minutes, I was delighted that Pope wasn't one of the ones rested. You know, Wilson yes. was, Shaw was. If Pope had been rested, I mean, Dubrovka is away. Darlow hasn't played for Youngs. Gillespie's fourth man in a three-horse race. Um, what would have happened if Pope wasn't there? Because he was superb. Three penalty saves. He won it for us. Three penalty
2: saves. And they were and they were really good saves. Well, the penalty the penalties weren't bad ones. They were damn good saves.
0: The first one in particular, Malcolm, the first yes. one where he went right across goal, one handed up to his left hand side, high yeah. up, and palmed it away. What a uh, shave that was! That yes. was incredible. And, um, and you know, I, I
2: I was really surprised. I think it was yesterday's newspaper um, that uh, it had six journalists in that paper um, giving their uh, uh, their England side, their ideal England side. Not one of them picked Nick Pope. Not one. They all went for Pickford. Now, the, the only difference right now between Pickford and, um, and Nick Pope is that A, Pickford's letting in goals, but B, he's the one getting all the practice because Nick Pope is, isn't doing that much work um, in terms of, 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 of saving shots, taking corners because the the Newcastle defence in Premier League matches, they are looking so good. They've got the best defensive record in the Premiership right now. Um, and so it's, it, 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 it's sort of taking the pressure off of Nick Pope. But what I think really did show last night um, was that... A, for all the fact that he's not being worked that hard, by heavens, didn't he reflex to everything that came at him last night? I thought he was absolutely terrific, and particularly in the uh, in the penalty shootout, they they were fabulous saves. Um, and uh, did, and, did. and it's it's amazing, you know, you make you make a hell of a save like Pope did with that first one, John. Um, and, and 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 the palace players where you could see their chins sort of oh, that was the best penalty their taker. Chest.
0: That was the best job? penalty taker that he saved from. Yes, that was it was their number
2: one penalty taker. That's right. Yeah.
0: And the yeah. and the old heads, the chins oh. fell down onto the chest. You know, you know what's interesting, Malcolm, is if you remember and you remember as well, Steve, a couple of a couple of tournaments back, um, the manager of Holland brought on Tim Krul for the, just before a penalty shootout because Tim Krul yes. had a great penalty record. Yeah. Well, perhaps Southgate might do that at these World Cups with Pope. Oops, it's coming to a penalty shootout. Yes. First of all, we'll put Pope on to play goal because yep. he saves him. And secondly, we'll put Wilson on because he scores him. And, and, and yes, it- Trippier scores him and Trippier scores him. What a good penalty he took. Oh, didn't uh, he just? So, oh. you know, they are three of the lads' penalty shoot yes. out Newcastle United rule the roost. One keeps them out and two puts them in. Um, yeah. And yes. our first three penalties, our first three penalties, I thought was terrific. Wood, who yeah. I don't rate an open player, takes a terrific penalty, took a fabulous penalty last night. Yes. So, did, so did Trippier and so did Joe, Joe Linton and just about ripped the back off the net. What Bopman was Bopman, I felt he didn't look confident when he walked up to take it. I thought really? Bopman yeah. didn't look confident. And what Bruno, bless him, who I love to death, and what he was trying to do <laughs> with this soft shoe shuffle. I mean, honestly, God, he thought he was Sammy Davis Jr. I mean, it took ten minutes for the dance before he struck the ball, and then he thought, and then he thought he was Johnny Wilkinson thinking <laughs> scoring the points at the end of the tries. I mean, it was it absolutely... If anybody else had done a Bob Bruno who would have been throttling? We'd forgive him anything. But I tell you what, at that moment, guys, didn't you? At that moment, I thought we weren't stuck, because that was to win it. We didn't win it. We didn't win it on that. And I thought, their next guy scores, and oh dear, it's anybody's yeah. game. And Pope just killed all that... And I tell you what, when he got in the dressing room, Bruno must have given Nick Pope the biggest kiss you've ever had because yes. he, was, he was furious. Did you notice him? When the team walked around doing their usual applauding the crowd, uh, Bruno was like a baby who just lost his uh, dummy in the prom. Like, you know, he <laughs> was absolutely furious and sulky. Fit. He wasn't furious with the fans who he loves and love him. Or with his teammates, he was furious with himself. Yes. And he was first off the pitch, down there, I thought, he's going to go in there and he's going to throw his head at the toilet door about 20 times, (laughs) you know, because of what happened. Luckily, it didn't cost us and that was good for him. And you know what? In a perverse way, guys, I think that'll have done him good because I think he'll come roaring out on Saturday saying, right, I'm going to show everybody what a good player I am after what happened with the penalty, and he's going to come out and go rat-a-tat and be terrific for us. And it's smashing, because if we got his adulation, you can begin to think you can walk on water. And I'm certain he thought he could do a backwards somersault, three flips and knock it in with a back heel, uh, which is what he tried to do, and that would have been the ultimate way of winning the match for us, but I mean, if it was anybody but Bruno, that's the worst penalty I've ever seen in my life, and the it, guys? I mean, I, I could do that, but then um, it wouldn't be on purpose. It would be the way my penalty would turn out. But, I um, he did. It was, it was crazy, really. Yeah,
1: it was. Malcolm, there's a question there from Paul. He says, uh, Malcolm says we're not ready for Champions League, but would he be happy if we finished in the top four? Um,
2: not really. I think it's too early. You know, it be it would be very nice to finish in the top four, but that means going into the Champions League, and I seriously don't think that we're ready. What I um, what I what I would like us um, to do is to finish certainly in the top six. If we can do that, great. Fifth or sixth would it will be absolutely ideal for me. Um, and let's go and win a cup. Let's let's go win a cup and 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 maybe look to get into Europe that way but i really do feel that we are not we we haven't got the quality throughout the whole of the 25 squad players we haven't got the necessary quality that you must have in the champions league and and let's let's remember that that for uh, let's just uh, take Wilson for example. Wilson can't cope with two games every week, and that's what Man City, um, uh, uh, and Chelsea, and Liverpool. That's what they've been playing, um, and and Spurs as well. From the almost from the beginning of the season, they've been playing two games a week. Newcastle, dear me. The only time they've played two games in a week is when it is when they played the competition um, of last night and and so we're we're nowhere near ready for the Champions League, but there are other forms of competition in European football yeah let's go for that by all means um, and uh, but I think that I think last night proved that there is. A lot of uh, dead wood, and I and I I don't wish to be unkind to players, but they are not good enough for where this club intends to go. Where where the board and PIF where they really want to take the club, um, and 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 I think earlier I think John you made the the um, the mention of a. a, a about the back four last night. Um, but the back four they weren't pushing up at all. Shelby was dropping off and that's, that's a bit of fear in, in people. It's a bit of fair, fear that they're not confident to take to have a one against one with, with, with a full, an opposing forward. It's um, that they're lacking a, a bit of pace and therefore it's it's easier to drop off than to push up. What we've actually got going at the club at the moment in the first team is that we push right up to the halfway line and we make it tight and difficult for an opposing side to get their passing going. The more you drop off, the greater the space there is when the opposition have the ball for them to, to just pass it about in. Last night, Crystal Palace had so much space at times. It was, ah, it was crazy. Push up. Have to push up. But Mm -hmm. if you haven't got confidence to do that, then you can't be at the club.
0: The interesting thing for me is a lot of fans have been saying to me everywhere goes, they must say to you two guys and to all of us, Gibble, if you had the choice, would you, at the end of the season, would you take the Champions League or winning a trophy? The trophy being obviously the League Cup or the FA Cup. And I said, I, my standard reply is, Shy Ben's getting out. And I, I um, you know, I've waited for so long for this. Why can't we qualify for Europe and win a trophy? This is the best season to do something like that because we haven't got the extra games. We on the teams that are at the top with us are playing in Europe, so they're playing all the games we play. The the Premier League, the League Cup, and the FA Cup. When it comes round, they play all those plus Europe. We don't play plus Europe, so we have a free dance card, if you like. So let's fill our boots. Let's try to qualify for Europe, and win a trophy. There's no reason why not. You're allowed to. You're absolutely allowed to. Now, I take the total point Malcolm has said about the squad not being good enough for the Champions League because last night it wasn't good enough to beat Crystal Palace in 90 minutes, as it wasn't when in the league at the beginning of September when we were without Bruno and Wilson and Maxi, who was playing well at the time And a regular um, So yes, I understand all that But you know what? Will Leicester considered ready Before the season they won the Premier League Did everybody say they've got a good squad They'll win the Premier League? No, they didn't They got lucky They didn't have injuries in the main they fielded their first team most of the time Well, maybe that'll happen to us We will also If we did qualify for the Champions League this year We would also have the whole summer transfer window To do something about it And I believe these people If they had a summer transfer window Which was taking them into The Champions League in that they had a, a one that wasn't open Just for a month like January But all summer Would really do something about it Because of what comes at the end of it The money that the Champions League would bring Etc, etc If you're not in it You can't win it. So I want to be in it, whatever the competition is. We didn't win the Champions League when we went in under Kevin Keegan and um, Bobby Robson, but we had some fun nights. I mean, if we can beat one night like beating Barcelona when we beat them 3-2 with Espierre scoring a hat-trick, I tell you what, that is in my memory now. Give me one night like that next season, And if we go out at the group stage, I'll still be happy. Because what we won't do if we're going the Champions League is what Glasgow Rangers have done, where they've lost every single game. They lost every single game at the group stage. They've just completed now. They've lost every single game. We wouldn't do that, man. So we wouldn't be humiliated, but we wouldn't expect to win it. But if you're not in it, you can't win anything. And I want to, but I also want to win a trophy because when we look back, guys, the two greatest managers we've had since Malcolm's manager, Joe Harvey, who actually won things, so he's got to be the greatest manager of all time. But the two great ones we've had, Kevin Keegan and Bobby Robson, both played in the Champions League, etc., but they actually didn't win anything. They didn't. It's unbelievable looking back To think those two squads Didn't win either the FA Cup or the League Cup Unbelievable Because they were good squads And they won neither competition Now let's get that monkey off our back By winning one of the domestic trophies this season Let us get rid of all that And I tell you what The young guys now All the young supporters I talk to Want to go in the Champions League A because that's the glamour and B, because it makes money for the club to get round the fair play for the coming seasons. But the older supporters, like myself, no doubt, like Malcolm, and I'm not meaning you older supporters <laughs> i not putting me in there, but they want to win a trophy because we're sick to death. 1969, domestically, 1955. Can you imagine that for a club like Newcastle United? 61 years of the League Cup, which has been won by tossers like, I don't know, Oxford, Norwich, Middlesbrough, for goodness sake. The Smoggies have won the League Cup and we haven't. How dare they? I mean, it's, for goodness sake, we've got to write that wrong. Let us win a trophy this year. And the younger supporters who might say, well, the League Cup, what's the League Cup? You get the Wembley, kid. You have tickets. You go down for your weekend and you come back with a pot and have them go around town in an open coach with the pot. You boy, this place. Maybe Amanda and Jamie think they know this place. Maybe anyhow thinks he knows this place. Maybe Brunier and Trippier think they know this place. No, they don't until they bring a silver pot back. Malcolm knows what it's like. To get there, not bring a silver pop back in the world, the team were lauded to the heavens as they were in yeah. 74. Do you know,
2: do you know uh, John, uh, when we came back on the Sunday um, after the FA Cup final against Liverpool, there were twice as many people out on the streets of Newcastle welcoming us back to what there were in Liverpool, welcoming the, the, the winners back.
0: Oh, absolutely, we, we are the masters of support and failure So when we start supporting success And we're going to with the present regime Believe you me, we're going to I've cancelled dying, I'm, uh, that's out the window I'm yeah. waiting because we're going to win lots and lots and lots of things And I'm going to be there baby, in the front row <laughs> yeah. I knew this day would come, I honestly did I didn't, when Ashley was here, by the way, know this day was coming because I just, I was perfectly balanced because I was getting weighed down on both shoulders with trepidation. But um, yeah, let's win something, but let's be greedy. We've got a right to be greedy because we've won out for an eternity. Let's be greedy. I'm going for Europe. I'm going for the Champions League and the domestic trophy this season. Why not? By the way, if we don't quite make either, I'll be forgiven because the strides we've made going forward have been ginormous. But you know what? I'm allowed to dream. And you know why I'm allowed to dream? Because Mike Ashley's not here anymore to tell me <laughs> I <I'm>
2: can't. <laughs> Did he give you a <laughs> John? He
0: used to tell me I can't. He's not here anymore saying that. So I'm going to dream, baby. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Gibbo for Prime Minister, says Ian Toon Trader. Um, and Doug, Doug Hall says we should do an NUFC Matter T-shirt with Gibbo on the front saying, can I have a T-shirt saying I've cancelled dying? Which uh, is very good. You see, Gibbo's got his own catchphrases every week. Um, Kevin Smith is asking the question on everyone's lips, Malcolm, um, because obviously those who've tuned in in recent weeks know that you popped up to the club uh, to speak to a couple of the strikers. Um, so question for Supermac from Kevin Smith. What did he say to our forwards when he went to the club? Oh, um, this was uh, the Friday before
2: the Aston Villa game. No, uh, uh, before the Southampton... Uh, when, when was it? No, before the Aston Villa game, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, before uh, the-, the
2: Aston Villa game, yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, well, when I was talking, I, I uh, to put it in a nutshell, um, what I was saying was never be afraid to miss. Too many players... Um, They'll have a bad miss, um, and then they sort of don't get in the box again. Yeah, they don't want the humiliation of of another miss. Um, And that's completely the wrong attitude to have, that you cannot score goals without missing them. One goes with the other. It's hand in hand. And so if you're going to score goals you have to miss. And so far, far better that you're missing than not getting on the end of chances at all. Because at least when you're getting on the end of chances, you will stick it in the net at some point. But but if you're holding back, and too many players will do this after after missing a couple, then they're not getting in there to miss and if you don't miss, uh you won't score.
0: Good,
1: good no, advice from that.
2: one
0: of the
1: best, uh, Gibble.
0: Yeah, there's absolutely no question about that. Uh, absolutely no question about that. Of course, there's people that they, they, they defy that logic, uh, which was Miggy till this season, who consistently missed, never scored. And uh, others, others have been exactly the same with Newcastle right.
2: but but, but the, sorry, John, I was just going to say that with Mickey, there, is, there's one very simple explanation why things have turned around for him, and well done to him. And I don't know whether it it was the return of, uh, um, uh, of Wilson at centre forward, as and he he was the the body in the box, whereas. When he was out of the side, the box would be empty at times. But Almiron, he would, he would run so often t- straight at the corner flag. As soon as Wilson was back in the side, Almiron, instead of going to the corner flag, all of a sudden he was g- turning and he was heading for the penalty area and looking to come along the edge of the box. Uh, and Wilson was making his movement. Uh, and in the end, Almiron was realising that he was he was 20 yards from goal and he had a bit of space and you let it go. And, and that's what he's done. But if you remember back to last season and the season before, he would spend so much of the game out by the corner flag with, with the possession of the ball. And it's not endangering the um, opposition in any way at all. So whether somebody said something to him, I don't know. Whether they've worked um, on him, uh, 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 Howe and his his team of coaches, um, or whether it was just Wilson coming back into the side and becoming a focal point for Almiron. And Almiron suddenly was finding himself in in that uh, half a yard of space. I, yeah. I, I certainly, but I certainly, by heavens, he, oh. he's really got the he's got the taste for it now, hasn't he?
0: He has, he has. And you've got about what Malcolm says, because Malcolm is the ultimate centre-forward player. And Wilson is as good as that when his body allows him to be as good yes. as that. But the, the thing that interests me with Almiron, because he did have Wilson before... This season, and he did have Wilson before Howe, but Eddie Howe has changed him, in, in my humble opinion, yeah. as well. Because sure. when he played under Steve Bruce, he didn't know what to do. He didn't know. In fact, if you notice Mal, if you had a hot shot, you know, if if where the player plays in the Steve Bruce days for Almiron he played as much from the halfway line. Back to his own goal In his own half In other words As he did And when he picked up the ball And he, he was encouraged to do this He picked up the ball level With his own 18 yard line And start running forward Because Bruce just wanted him To carry the ball forward On our behalf To give us a breather Now he picks up the ball From the halfway way line to, uh, to their penalty area he picks up the ball in the other part of the pitch from where he was picking it up under Steve Bush. And his agent let slip the situation where his agent said that Mickey didn't know where he was under the previous manager, but now he's full of confidence he knows exactly what he's gonna do and his head's clear. That and I think he's now it doesn't mean he never goes anywhere else. But he's now in the main, playing from the halfway line to the edge of their box, where he was playing from the edge of our box to the halfway line. Yes, yeah, good point. Um, and, and, and that's down to Howe. And Yes. And while I give a lot of tribute to how for what he's done with Almirian, for what he's done with Joe Linton, for what he's done with Shaw, and it's been fabulous. You've all and by the way, isn't confidence such a huge thing in football? And the main thing yeah. is give them, you know, is confidence. He's, he's also told them he believes in their ability, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But let's give let's give credit to the players as well. Because they've taken a board. I mean, Shaw has said, I mean, he used to play in blingers. He didn't know what was happening, what should happen. He oh dear, just concentrate, just all of a sudden. The blinker's off, and he can see the world in his confidence. He's grown a foot because he's got his head up. He's grown a foot in height because he's got his head up and he's looking around him and he's confident. And so many players are confident now where they weren't before. Why? Because Newcastle in the main played around their own penalty area and certainly their own half. Now we're playing another bloke's half. We used to defend. Along our 18-yard line Now we're defending along their 18-yard line High pressing And The difference for me, Marl, in that is enormous And it's shown, isn't it? It's shown in results and in individual performances It's shown in
2: Absolutely, and also, um, John In in playing that way The the players that put in the pressure all the time on the opposition and so Newcastle's confidence in each each player is just building and building and building, and and the confidence is, is just crashing in the opposition, and and you can you can see it happening as as as, as Newcastle keep um, getting them getting forward um, around and inside the uh, the opposing penalty area, you can see the heads of the opposition starting to drop. Um, and uh I, and so it 's a whole new attitude that 's within the players they 've got a confidence in themselves that they just weren 't showing before fantastic it's great and uh, uh, and I, I, I'm, i've been looking at the comments going through but what we need what we need to do um is o- o- over the next um, uh, couple of windows is get more players in who who they as well will reach that really high confidence level. Confidence is so important. You watch Manchester City play and the confidence in each one of the players. They just have an absolute confidence in themselves as an individual and in their team as, as, as a perfect product all around them.
0: Uh, Malcolm, it's up. You're absolutely right, and the conference has shown outside of Newcastle United when you look at the difference in players' abilities, and you say, "How did that happen?" It's the same player. If you look at Jesse Lingard when he was at West Ham and he was scoring every week like Miggy is now, he looks some player, and you he said he's a show in for the World Cup and all. He's he's signed for Nottingham Forest, and forget that he scored last night outside of that. His chance for London the Forest, who are bottom of the league, he's been dropped three times from the team, he's bottom of the league, yeah. because he's been playing like a shell of himself. If you look at Rashford at Manchester United, it went to a period where he lost all where I'm at and what it's about, and, what it, and looked a no-no player, and there's been a change of manager, and the new manager has faith in him, Let's forget how good the new manjay is elsewhere. But he's got faith in him. And all of a sudden, he looks like a player again and he's back in the England squad and going to the World Cup. I mean, the difference that confidence can make to a player, Lingard's gone up and down like a fiddler's elbow uh, and, and so has Rashid. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Coming out with and, them all the John. And,
2: all and, and John, I'll mention one other because I've been I've been looking at the comments that people are making, um, and uh, 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 Maguire at Man United was mentioned. I can't believe that he's got into the England side. Me neither. His confidence is completely shot to pieces. Shattered. He, he, Shattered. A, he looks a shadow of his original self.
0: You can't um, believe he was, what, an £80 million centre-half yes. or something when the yeah, ball Yeah,
2: came? Yeah, um, and, and he's completely gone to pieces. Um, and and if Southgate can't see that, he played in the same position, for heaven's sake. If Southgate can't see that, that you, you can't all in a short space of time suddenly give a, a real confidence boost to a player to 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 suddenly turn him back into the into the good good player that he that he was a few years back and i'm i'm really disappointed in southgate um right. with yeah. regards to that choice
0: yeah. I, I am too i am too the only thing that i'm pleased about with southgate is that it's dawned on him that wilson is a top rate center forward and also that if you take away, and it's considerable baggage about his fitness, that on ability and on current form, you've got to take him to the World Cup. Tammy yeah. Abraham, his on current form is dried up. He's not scoring goals. This fella's on fire. He is scoring goals. Yeah. Take him, and he's taken them. And he's also taken a, a guy who is we three are a great fan of, which is James Madison, who's never got a sniff, but he's he's in the World Cup squad. Now, two things from my from Gibbo's point of view there. Didn't we tell you Southgate a little while back what a good player this guy was in his yeah. assists and his goals and B. I'm sick to death of you for picking him because it's going to make it harder for us to sign him now because all of a sudden other clubs are going to be sitting there and their lugs are going to be going up on the radar and say, "Oh, this is a World Cup player now. Let's try to sign him in January or in next summer Mm. So it's going to be twice as hard for us to sign him. But he is a quality player. Yeah, yeah. couldn't agree more. uh, And Wilson should be there. Because he's a better player than Abraham And he's a better player than Tony I'm talking about today They might end up better players than him In six years time Mm. But at the moment Abraham isn't scoring any goals at all Tony is a great penalty taker But outside of that He's still learning the game I think he'll become a, a, a better and a better player His days are in the future Wilson's days now Wilson hasn't got it tomorrow as far as England World Cups are concerned, so I'm thrilled. From I'm sick because it means I've got to buy a load of cotton wool and send it down to St James's Park. So he takes it with him in his bag and lies in it every night in bed. But uh, so I'm sick from our point of view, but I'm pleased for him.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> people, people in the chat often say on a Thursday. Poor Steve, it's his own show. He can't get the word in I enjoy just sitting listening to Malcolm and uh, Gibbo Honestly, it's great. We're good mates, but um, honestly, these guys speak a lot of sense. It's uh, that's why it's a popular show on a on a Thursday night. Uh, lots of comments coming in, lots of questions. I do like to try and uh, to to change, um, you know, change tact every now and then. Um, and and a couple of the points have already been addressed. Sean did say, lads, what's your thoughts? On Diaby not making the World Cup, uh, good news for January. Surely his price will remain low now instead of the World Cup inflated prices. Yeah, there's a few players haven't gone to the World Cup. We obviously mm-hmm. look at our own team, don't we, John? Joe Linton, um, not, not picked for Brazil, yeah. clearly not good enough, but he wasn't the only one. You know, there's a couple of big names Firmino not picked, uh, and one or two and others. I tell
0: not- you what, we, we say, we say clearly not good enough, Steve, and and that is obviously the official uh decision clearly not good enough but i'll tell you something pal there's somebody in that brazilian squad that is going to the world cup that i wouldn't take ahead of joe linton for one second and that's right said fred at manchester united oh um, yeah. I, I mean he's in he's in the brazilian squad i'll stick with joe linton ahead of fred i'm not wanting to do a swap deal with manchester united no
2: no, no. not at all no, no, and, I, and just to uh reiterate from something that I saw um quite some weeks back that um Joe Linton for all premier uh, all premiership midfield players, not just Newcastle's, but Joe Linton has got the best record so far um in the Premier League this season of interceptions. And and taking the ball off the opposition in midfield. Um, and and he does. He he, he really does upset the opposition. It no question. Be
0: no question. I would like to ask Steve a question here as a super fan, man, reflecting people on the terraces and their feelings. Like I said, you know, the current question I'm asked wherever it goes, will I take the Champions League? Or winning a domestic trophy. Mm -hmm. My question for you, Steve, is as a fan, looking at Newcastle United and the resurrection of them in since Eddie Howe arrived, are you
1: more amazed by
0: what's happened to Joe Linton or what's
1: happened to Miggy Almiron Joe Linton, still for me, because the guy was an absolute write off. You just need to watch our podcasts on here for the last couple of years ago when, you know, we sit, we sit, we, me and you, John, sit in esteemed company, uh, with, with Malcolm, you know, for, for the goals that he scored. And we, we listened to what he says. And, you know, he just, Joe Linton, just, there was nothing there. There was, there was, there was, it was absolutely, it was an absolute waste of money. And we wouldn't, were, we weren't the only people saying that. But ultimately, that has got to be the biggest turnaround. Miguel Miron, I think. I said on here, uh, on this show, that I always felt that he, he would have his Perez moment, I called it, when you remember Rafa came in and changed changed the style, brought in Rondon, played Perez alongside him. And, you know, Perez transformed into a, a midfield and goal scorer as well. And, and I just feel, I, I always felt like Almiron would get it. So I still think for me, uh, the biggest turnaround is Joe Linton because he did it last season. And he's still doing it again this season. I think, In fact, I he's turned that, into more of an enforcer this season. He's, you know, getting the yellow yeah. cards. And I think that's a good answer,
0: but I've got to say that I, I needn't ask Malcolm that question because if I said to Malcolm, "Do you fancy Joe Linton or Almiran? Which one's the most?" He would say neither. It's Chris Wood for me. He would say. Well, now now <laughs> I do have something
1: to tell you about this last night because. If you'd if come to the dog and parrot last night, um, Margaret MacDonald, um, you know, I, I, he walked straight into a question. Um, John, you would have had this back page of the Chronicle back in the day, but he clearly yeah. backed Chris Wood last night.
0: He was backing Chris Wood,
1: yeah. What into
0: the time or no, because um, of the goal go he, score get... he scored <laughs> at the
1: weekend. I said after all the advice he'd no, given it... him, and he had to give him some praise for that goal he scored yeah, last sure. weekend. You know, having <laughs>
2: Having been a huge critic. Of, of Chris Wood, um, it, when he gets something right and does it well, gotta well, on about the penalty. About about happy the to do so,
1: two what goals in two games, he's on a run, lads. What,
2: <laughs> um, we camp, count, where's,
1: we're where's counting penalties,
2: are we? From, I am, uh,
1: as a Chris, as Chris Wood's official he, yeah. spokesman
2: <laughs> from well, penalty shootouts.
1: Well, honestly,
0: I mean, uh. Yes, I'm, I'm in total awe I never thought Chris Wood was capable of doing anything like this And uh, I've got to say that um, Having watched him for 90 minutes last night Before what was a magnificent penalty Which I've already said um, I have honestly seen more movement From my milk bottle on the step In the morning in a high wind Than I saw from Chris Wood last night And um, He is not the greatest, bless him He will give you 110% if that's possible And I've never known how that's possible, by the way, guys I know how he can give 100% I'm not certain how he can give 110% Anyway, he will give 100% He is what's called an honest player Which is a phrase I hate Because every player should be honest Um, But not quite our class And um, despite his goal at Southampton which was well taken But I mean That wasn't a Southampton Has he got PO That's not a Southampton player They wanted to go anywhere near him when he were, um, While he turned Like the Titanic On the goal And um, Last night In the 90 minutes If Callum Wilson had played We would have won In the 90 minutes That's all I want to say
1: Okay Good stuff We're going to have to uh, Look ahead to Our final game Of this part of the season Seems ah, a bit yes. weird Seems a bit weird, doesn't it, uh, saying that? But uh, as we've already alluded to in the show, Callum Wilson, Nick Pope and Kieran Trippier are in the squad uh, with England and are going to the World Cup Finals in Qatar. But before that, um, Newcastle United, of course, will find out their opponents in the last 16 draw tonight uh, for the Carabao Cup. And those games uh, will be staged uh, before our next league game, which is, of course, Boxing Day. But Newcastle face Chelsea... Uh, This coming uh, weekend, and it's a 5.30 start, it's live on Sky Sports, and uh, those words which you often hear on the show, it's completely sold out. Uh, We go into the game in search of a fifth consecutive Premier League victory, and we are looking to extend our unbeaten run in that competition to 10 games. Uh, At St. James's Park, we haven't lost in eight Premier League games, seven of them during this season. Uh, we've won each of our last three. Supermark, uh will be at the Dog and Parrot pre-match only this uh, week. Uh, Gibbo is filling in for him at 8.15. And uh, John will be at Pumphrey's uh, with John Anderson or another. And that will be at 3 o'clock as well. Uh, John hopefully will be joining uh, Gibbo down there at Pumphrey's in the big market. A um, little bit too early for team news at the moment. Uh, but Robert Jones has been confirmed as the referee and Andy Madeley will be on VAR. Don't forget the food bank will be in its usual place on Strawberry Place opposite uh, Alan Shearer's Bar Shearer's. And it's a reminder as well, uh, which is often pushed out on NUFC.com uh, that Jamie Rubin continues his pledge to double all cash donations which are made on home match days. Um I never thought I'd be going into this game, John, with a a lot of anticipation. And having watched Chelsea in the last couple of games, packed in James's park, Newcastle on a high and on a run, I think this is a game that Newcastle can go out and win.
0: Yeah, I I totally and utterly agree with you. Um, Chelsea, well, they got tonked 4-1 at Brighton. They followed that up by losing against Arsenal. And yes, to follow that up by losing Man City in the League Cup. Yes, you can lose against Arsenal. Yes, you can lose against Man City. But you're Chelsea and you lose four against Brighton. They are not what the word. There's absolutely no question about that. And if we have aspirations to be a top four club then you've got to beat the likes of Chelsea at home. You cannot be a top-four club and beat all the mid-table and teams at the bottom, but never beat any of the teams at the top. And we have proved this season already. We can live with the teams at the top. We've drawn with Man City and Man United. We've won at Spurs. And we only lost at Liverpool in the 98th minute. Uh in a ludicrous game We didn't deserve to lose The only loss of the season We can live with the top teams We have got If we want to be taken seriously As a top four club And isn't it wonderful to be saying that Jesus I, I, We were a bottom four club At this stage last season Now we're talking about the top four I mean, you know I've never been great with heights Because I, I tend to fall over When I'm high up a Hell, never mind the mountain. Um, and this is colossal. This is terrific. I love this. Um, but if we want to be taken seriously, we've got to go out and sort out this this Chelsea side. Now, as long as we don't take it for granted, and Eddie Howe won't let the players take it for granted, as long as the crowd don't take it for granted, because the crowd are fabulous. It's home, war flags, a day like that, the way the punters are. They terrify the, the opposition when they walk out. The opposition walk out. It is too as long as we we are only one year into this revolution. As long as we don't get the situation where we think we're well, automatic top four and we should steam all everybody and win by four goals every game and, and last night should never have happened and we know why it did, because The the backup players, etc, etc If we don't go down that route If we keep our feet on the ground As supporters If we believe every fight's tough And we'll go out to winning Rather than expect it to happen Automatically Just because we're Newcastle United Then we can beat Chelsea And there's no question about that And wouldn't it be We must beat Chelsea Because we want to go into a six week break Or whatever it is, on a high the owners, Eddie Howe, and the players deserve it. They've earned it in what they've done in this first half of the season. Let's not spoil it by going out with an average performance last night and then lose to Chelsea. We do not deserve that. They do not deserve that. They deserve so much better. Let's, for goodness sake, we're going to a six week break, third top of the Premier League and still in the League Cup. Even me. I mean, that. By Newcastle United recent years Is fan double dosing Let's go out and do that And I think we will go out and do that So what I'm saying is Newcastle to win 2-1 Great stuff, Mal?
2: Interesting Yeah um, I think that uh, The way that Newcastle take the game to the opposition That can upset Anybody We've seen it upset Manchester City. And there's no reason why it cannot um, upset Chelsea. Uh, and, uh, and Chelsea, they're, they're not their old confident selves by any means. Um, the back line is letting goals in. Um, and uh, they didn't play well last night against Man City, that's for sure. <clears throat> and so um yeah i i i can see newcastle uh, uh coming out um uh, good winners i'm i'm not going to say easy winners because that will never be the case with a side like chelsea but uh, but they but they can come out good winners and uh, uh and there's goals in the side you know even it, there's goals even when the side isn't playing all that well and that that makes such a difference, you know, when you, you're not playing too well um, and your centre forward sticks a goal in the net, all of a sudden, oh, you do start to play well then. You're 1 0 up um, and it changes everything. Um, I'm going to take uh, Newcastle. Um, I'm, I, I would love to see them keep yet another clean sheet. I really would. Um, particularly at home so I'm going to take that gamble and I'm going to say that uh, Chelsea won't score Newcastle will score two um, so Newcastle get all three points
1: 2-0 victory Great stuff, I'm going 2-0 as well um, I think Newcastle will win this, I think they'll keep a clean sheet I think the back four goalkeeper have been absolutely outstanding Continue uh, that kind of performance And I can see Callum Wilson celebrating his World Cup call-up with a double on uh, on at the weekend So um, yeah. So expectancy isn't too high, guys I mean, Expectancies, I think well. ex, expectancy is <laughs> very similar And I tell you what, Steve so, Hastie, who you will see on the Amigos tomorrow Him and Mitch both have um, a little a little bet on that Potter would be sacked by January and I tell you what uh, the way things are going at Chelsea and the, and having an American owner I, I think they could be right I I laughed when the first said that but I tell you what you just never say never and if Potter gets beat off Newcastle at the weekend Chelsea get beat he'll be on he'll be on the night
0: listen if anybody gets beat off Newcastle a gets a sack that's Southampton.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I will be back tomorrow, 5 o'clock. There is a live show tomorrow night, 5 o'clock until 7 to 3, Amigos. It's all going to be a bit hectic the next week uh, because I've got uh, a lot of filming um, to do. But uh, there are shows recorded, so there will be some content each night, so don't panic about that, Uh, including a fascinating uh, show that I did with John Gibson where he talks about his top 10 sports stars that he has met. Other than footballers. And if you are at a loose end, this interview is well worth a watch. Uh, Paul Ferris, former Newcastle United physiotherapist, uh, wrote a wonderful book called The Magic in the Tin. Um, and he uh, he's also done The Boy in the Shed. Um, we talk about his time at Newcastle. We talk about his ups and downs. He's had a massive battle with his health. Um, and these two books which have sold very, very well. Uh, It's had a lot of plaudits, that podcast. If you haven't watched it yet, give it a watch. Uh, Well worth tuning into. Gibbo, Malcolm, as always, a pleasure. Look forward to seeing you guys at the weekend. And uh, for now, take care and good night. Good night, indeed.
2: Enjoy the game at the weekend,
1: everybody. Keep the faith. A big thanks to all our sponsors, starting with skips and bins, telephone zero eight hundred twenty five 3. Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com. Website skipsandbins.com. Easy contract free and pay as you go waste collection. Uh, thanks to Darren Baldwin Funerals. You can find them at 304 Old Durham Road on Gator. Uh, telephone 0191 Or email Darren at Darren dot or the website Darren Baldwin Funerals. UK. Thanks to Garden of Healing Dispensary, CBD Hemp and Cannabinoid Specialists. Their website is the thegohd.com. And thanks to three property investments who specialize in sourcing investment properties for their clients who are looking to invest in the Northeast. They offer a full in house service from sourcing the deals to managing the properties for you. They've done over 100 plus deals in the past 12 months for clients all over the UK. Give the guys a follow on Instagram, matty.patter underscore northeast property and phil.reed underscore northeast property or email phil at 3property.co.uk should you be interested in getting a good property deal. Thanks to Mr. Vicky's sources, which are handmade in Cumbria. You can order them by going to the website, mrvickys.co.uk or by calling 01768 210102. Thanks to the guys at Bluehole Brewery. You can find them at blowholebrewery.co.uk. Got a vast range of beers. They're a new brewery company uh, and their cans are suitably uh, addressed like the Jolly Juicier in the strips of Newcastle United from the 90s. Big thank you to Media Arts for all the help with the video side of things and to qtechshop.co.uk, the makers of pool tables and snooker tables in Walls End, Newcastle and the guys who run our website. If you want to subscribe, then hit the subscription button. If you want to hit the likes, then hit the thumb up and please share the social media. We're also available as a podcast on iTunes and Spotify and the rest goes up 24 hours after the show has finished. If you want to join, well, you can click join underneath the video and become a member for a small fee. If you want to pay the £25 fee and get a cup, a pen, a scarf, a membership card and entry into the monthly draw, and go to the website, nufcmatters.com and click membership or use your smartphone on the QR code which will take you straight there. We also give you a free car sticker. If you're a subscriber, simply email john at nufcmatters.com to claim your free car window sticker today. We also support the food bank on here. nufcfansfoodbank.co.uk is where you can find the match day bucket and make a virtual donation 365 days of the year. We still do a lot of events in and around the region. If you want to see Super Mac, Pre-match and after-match, you can go to the Dog and Parrot in Newcastle and uh, hear Malcolm give his views on the uh, game and, uh, and listen to what he has to say about his career as well. Always a great afternoon. Kids are welcome. Good food, good beer. And get yourself into Pumphrey's. Uh, you can always see John Anderson and John Gibson in there pre-match on the Cloth Market in Newcastle. A couple of events coming up in 2023. An evening with Peter Beardsley, Friday the 10th of February at St. Dom's Catholic Club. You can get the tickets direct from the venue. And Peter Beardsley is also at the Tyneside Irish Centre on Friday, February the 17th. Tickets available from Woucher for that one. Get yourself on the Woucher, make a cracking Christmas present for any Newcastle fan. Also, an evening with Rob Lee, Lee Clark, and John Beresford, Friday the 2nd of June, 2023, at the Grand Hotel in Gosforth. Uh, tickets for that are available from wwwheelandtoeorguk forward slash events. And if you fancy a Christmas jumper, get the Bruno Christmas jumper from nufcmatters.com.